welcome to Adventures in a Tuk-Tuk. I have stories of discovery and adventure from around the world. I talk to people I've met from my travels who have taken on extraordinary journeys. All sponsored by the fabulous Tutu UK. Hello and welcome to a Meet the Owners show. On today's show I talk to Gary Cross about his love of tuk-tuks. He lives in Tamworth, a retired civil servant, and has had a tuk-tuk in his life for over 20 years. We met up in Market Bosworth in Leicestershire recently, both of us arriving by our favourite mode of transport, our tuk-tuks. First tuk-tuk. Okay, first tuk-tuk. And why? Um, right, um, I lived in British North Borneo, Brunei, when my father was posted out there and we, we visited various places in the Far East. Thailand was my, my, my first, although I don't, I'm not a great fan of Thai tuk-tuks, personally. I think they're a bit brash and horrible, but it's a niche market, isn't it? These are much quainter. Anyway, that was my first trip, and I've still got the picture of me sat in tuk-tuk with my mum, I was about 16, and I just thought, I love this, I, one day I'll have one of these. And then this weird thing came along called the internet. Yeah, very weird. Yes, and there was a fellow, a, a chap, Nigel Gifford, who's a fellow of the Royal Geographic Society, has scaled Everest a number of times, who was importing a tuk-tuk from Mumbai via a company called Lovesons, who were a big importer in Mumbai. He was importing it for a young lad, a Londoner, a young lad who was only about 17, who decided, uh, he obviously had more money than sense, but he realised at 17 that he couldn't actually drive it and the insurance was just ridiculous and we're talking about 20 years ago now so I stepped in and said I'll have it and basically Nigel did all the palm greasing to get into the country and in those days you didn't need a VOSA certificate for them because the gross curbside weight was it, it was too light, effectively, to be to come under the VOSA guidelines. It had to it had to be a certain weight, and they just it was a grey area. So I I I got it off him, and uh, he actually lived in Street in Somerset, yeah. and he had a tuk tuk. I think his was two stroke one, and he used to potter around the close, around the cathedral, and you know, quite a quirky guy. He had a number of companies. And, very obviously into the Indian side of things. Anyway, I, I took the tuk tuk off him. Didn't even know how to drive the bloody thing. You know, I had a little test drive with him down in street. Um, so I, I poked around and out in Tamworth, and if anything went wrong with it, I'd sort of fiddle around with it myself. This uh, is a two stroke one? No, four. four. I've always had four stroke ones, okay. yeah. But the classic shape. Yeah. Exactly the same setup. Slightly offset brake. It had a it had a handbrake in the centre. Right. I don't know what yours is like. You've got a where's yeah, your handbrake hand in the middle? Yeah. In the middle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got that thing at the side which I never use. Oh, that that ratchet thing yeah. for starting. All it does no. is all it does is seize the engine. Yeah. Yeah. Never. I have I'll, to I'll, bash it back at the back. Yeah. To get it back in. Yeah. Never. If anyone no. anyone you know, says what's this, I say don't leave it. <laughs> the bloke who's, who runs a, a, a scooter workshop, who's a mate of mine, just up the road from me. He, he thought it was a handbrake, and he went, oh, no, and he jammed it. Oh. 
it's a, it, it suppresses or something. It's the engine yeah, hard. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like that and uh, yeah, uh, basically I had a friendly mechanic who would have a little tinker around for something I couldn't do. Again, you know, it involved me going to like, India and getting spares and. I just managed to muddle my way through. In fact, before they took took, I had an MG little MG midget, right. British racing green one, and my wife fell pregnant, and she said, "You know, you got to get rid of the MG." And I said, "Yeah, okay, I'm getting rid of it." So I got rid of it, and I came in and said to her, "Bev, I've got rid of the MG." Hey, what'd you get for it? What I paid for it, two thousand eight hundred quid. I'm right, okay. So where's the money? Uh, well, uh, she said, what are you doing? I said, I bought a tuk-tuk with it. <laughs> For the same amount of money. My family can go in the back. He loved it. And in fact, she came to love it. So, and she knows I'd never be without one. Ever since I got it, you know, I, I'd never, I'd, I'd never, I'd never be without one. So that was my first one 20 years ago. And then I think I had that about seven years. And uh, did, it, did it rot much? No. No? Well, it, it was a bit of rust, but I, I did it myself. Yeah? Yeah. Just rubbed it down and just, it's fine. Never any problems at all. Uh, they do have rust. Yeah. But as long as you, you know, you stay on top of it. Because they're built, aren't they, for... They're built, they, they rust. They're built for much worse roads than we have. Yeah. They're amazing. They're, they're like bloody Land Rovers, you know, with yeah. the old yeah. wishbone yeah. suspension and that. It's just amazing. Bounce over anything. Yeah, bit break to just uh, bolt on another one. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so very very little in the way of maintenance, anyways. You know. Yeah. I just change the oil every. Yeah. Thousand miles. Yeah. Big thick loopy twenty fifty. Because yeah. uh, there's no oil, there's no oil filter on mine. Isn't there? No. Uh, there's just uh, there's an oil strainer oh. at the bottom. Oh yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't. Little. Not, um, yeah. Tiny little thing. Tiny little thing, like yeah. that little nylon-y type. Yeah. yeah, but I've never but found anything in that. No, those things last forever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even the uh, brake fluid. Uh, yeah. Never changed it. No. Never it, needed it to. Just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, there is not a lot to go wrong, is there? No. I do carry a spark plug. I yeah. do carry a, a clutch and a brake cable. Yeah, which, to me, they're so, the things yeah. that you'd need to, definitely. Uh, I did have one go, and I had to... Uh, fixed it in a hurry and I had an electrical connector so I just joined the ends up pulled it tight and yeah. quite frankly in the meantime I ordered another cable uh, but it was working so well yeah. uh, I, I didn't bother for about two months because no. the, the electrical connector was doing doing the job does the job does and the that's job. exactly how they how the Indians do it very much make amend you know the lights are shit they are shit, and so that's kind of my, one of the reasons I went for that. See my see my spots, left and right. Oh yeah, ha, perfect. Oh my god, they're they're, they're a thousand lumens each. Yeah, uh, I had one mounted on my last one like that. I transferred that from my old one. Um, okay, yes, that makes sense. Because I wanted that traditional look, you yes. see. Because these are good. These are good. Right. I mean, Jesus Christ, when they're lit up, freaking hell, it's like Wembley Stadium. But these don't light up. The mile one, they did. The positional lights lit up, but these don't. Uh, so yeah, I mean, for that sort of thing, I mean, it's just slightly com more comfortable. It sits slightly higher, not much, but you feel like you're higher up in this than that. Yeah. 
Um, I actually prefer the driving position in yours. It's kind of loads of the road. It's a bit more like a go-kart. Yeah. That, it's a bit... Yeah, I've done all the artwork myself. Have you seen the stuff on the back? Since lockdown, I've... Um... Yes, well, uh, I'll pick it up and we'll do that in a minute. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, and is that an air horn on, the, on, on there? That's... It, it's, yeah, uh, a Huger horn, yeah, off a Model T Ford. Oh, OK. I got that from a classic car thing at the NEC. It cost me about 100, 100 quid, but you just don't see many of them. Um, and, of course, the taxi meter. Yes. You know, now that was weird. I got that off Craigslist, and um, many many years ago, I had that on my first tuk tuk, and that's an old mechanical one as opposed to the LED. Okay. Uh, you know the electronic thing, and of course they had to get rid of them when because the, they changed the regulations licensing. Yeah. So there was a lot of those, but that I hadn't even paid for it, and this Indian guy sent it to me a week after I asked for it. This thing arrived on my front door, I hadn't even paid for it. And so I got back onto him, I says, well, I've got it, I haven't paid for it. He says, yeah, yeah, don't worry, you know. He says, I said, how much do you want? He said, um, 50 US dollars. And I said, no, I'm not paying you that. And I paid him 70 US, uh, 70 pounds. Because I thought, do you know what, he trusted me. That's, you know, he probably nicked it out of a factory. Came in the greaseproof paper in a box, you know, brand new. But of course it's redundant because it wasn't, they were no longer needed. That looks great. And yeah, it doesn't actually work because whilst you can, the old one it was connected up, um, and it did work for a while. So you wind it up and it clicks up the rupees. It probably still would if I. Yeah. It's just there for show though. And who did you sell the first one to? It went to a company in Lincolnshire who had a tuk-tuk, had my second tuk-tuk. Right. So I said, I'll have your one. It's the same, but it was in better condition. Mine, stuff was starting to go on it. And uh, just wear and tear, it was an old one. And, um, and the guy said, yeah, I'll have it, Partex. I knew what he was doing. He was selling it and I was buying his, but he was selling mine. And it was all part of the deal. And I knew that he didn't want me to meet the guy that was yeah. buying my... Yeah, that's cool, cool with that. Ended up in Germany. He didn't have it long, the guy that bought my first one. He sold it to... And it, it, I saw it on the internet in Germany somewhere. So somebody's got it going. Brilliant. They very rarely die. They just have another life. Which is somebody will always... Because some of these apes from Italy are just basket cases, aren't they? Yeah. Some of the early fifties yeah. and sixties ones, and they they must spend an absolute fortune. Yeah. Getting these apes uh, back back on the road. They do though. I mean, about twenty years ago, do you remember the original Octopussy Tuk Tuk? Yes. James Bond. Yeah. That was in a scrapyard in Perth, I think. It's been one of the Scottish cities, and it just been left to rot. Because basically what they did is they, they, they cannibalised it, they stripped it down and uh, so it was just really the shell. Um, but they, it was left in this scrapyard and the guy put it on eBay and he I think he wanted about two grand for it and uh, and that was a bit of a piss take, you know, but he couldn't sell it. But he did in the end, I don't know how much he sold it for, but but he had some documentation to prove it was the original octopusy. Now that, as a project, would have been amazing. I've never seen it surface again, but 
if somebody bought that and did it up and said, this is the original, and I've got the documents to prove it, it's probably fantastic. In, it's probably in the States on, uh, yeah. on Universal uh, Studios. Probably. Doing something like that. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to stories of discovery and adventure from Adventures in a Tuk-Tuk. Thank you.